This morning, um, we declare that Jesus is unmasking the false security of money and possessions in our life. And he's unraveling our anxieties. And he's offering us lasting security in fearless generosity. We're going to declare, we're going to declare that today and we're going to unpack it. But God in Jesus is unmasking the false power and the false security of money. And he's unraveling our anxieties that are tied to our accumulation of wealth and of things. And he's offering us lasting security as well. That the stuff that we accumulate might be a lot or a little is what provides us with the sense of security and safety and comfort. And I just need it. I just need it close enough. Jesus is unmasking this false security of building up wealth, of building up possessions and money as a source of security. And along with that, because he's gracious, he's unraveling our anxieties that are attached to that loss of security. And he is showing us a better way, the kingdom way, the gospel way of fearless generosity that is where we have our true sense of security, a lasting security. So let's unpack this real quick. First, Jesus unmasks the false security of money and possessions, right? These brothers come to him as Jesus is teaching, and there's a crowd gathered around, and these brothers come, and they kind of just shout out. Like, there's a lot of urgency here, a lot of angst. And the brother says, hey, Jesus, tell my brother to give me my portion of the inheritance. There's conflict, there's tension, there's crisis. And Jesus doesn't notice, he doesn't directly respond to them. He actually asks a question. He's like, who, makes, who made me arbitrator over you? Now, I want to pause there because I think every time you're experiencing a crisis or conflict or tension, space is opening up for God to meet you right there. Like those anxieties, those fears, that anger, the frustration that arises in crisis and tension and conflict, that's where God does some of his most, his greatest work. And Jesus is going to do some of his greatest work in this moment of crisis and conflict. Because the issue isn't the issue. The issue isn't the conflict of this inheritance, but it's the heart desire of the brothers. Give me what's mine. I need it. I need to accumulate. And so Jesus is going to unmask this, this false security in wealth in, in this brother. And so he turns to the crowd and he says, take care, right? Be on guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. Saying life, this isn't what life is about. Take care, be on guard. You're missing the point and it's dangerous. And then he tells a story, a parable to further unmask and unveil this lie, this false security of wealth and possessions. And we just read it, right? This man is very successful. He's planted good crops. He has barns that he fills up with all that he, he, he's made. And he's got more than enough. And so then he's like, well, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And the automatic 
uh, assumption is, I'm going to take the promotion. I'm going to extend my 401k. I'm going to create an open another bank account, right? He builds more barns. And he stuffs that stuff in there. And here's the big problem. And this is where we see the misapplication uh, of trust, right? He's, he puts his trust in this. He says to his soul, soul, relax, chill. We're good. Look at all this stuff we've got. I'm secure. I'm safe. We can be happy. We can relax. And so security, a sense of security, a sense of comfort is in these barns that are full of his produce. But then Jesus says, he's in this parable, right? God breaks in and God says, fool, this very night is your end. What are you going to do with all this money? What are you going to do with all this stuff that you accumulated? It has no value at this moment, the moment of your death. He unveils the false promise that possessions, wealth, what we accumulate, provide security. When it comes down to it, you never know when you're going to die. You never know when it's going to be taken away. And it is a false hope. And so Jesus says, um, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So it is with the one who lays up treasure for themselves and is not rich toward God. What he seems to be saying here is that actually what we accumulate on earth to get a sense of security is actually the greatest threat to true security. That it actually threatens our security rather than strengthens our security. You um, probably have read or watched A Christmas Carol by uh, Charles Dickens. Anyone? Um, Marley and Scrooge. Scrooge, you know, he's, uh, the first time I saw it was the, the Disney version. I think Daffy Duck was Scrooge. Did a great job. But what's he always say? Kids, do you remember what Scrooge always says? You ever seen it? Bah, bah humbug. Merry Christmas, bah humbug, right? So Scrooge, in this story, is visited by these ghosts. And the first ghost he's visited by is Marley, which was his business partner. And they made lots and lots of money together. But he had died seven years earlier, seven Christmases before. And now on this night... He visits Scrooge to unmask his trust and to unmask the false security he had in his wealth. Because Scrooge is hoarding and keeping and saving and being responsible with all of his money and not giving anything away. And Marley visits him and here's what he says. Or Scrooge sees him and he's terrified and he says, you are fettered. You're chained up, said Scrooge, trembling. Tell me why. And listen to what Marley says. He says, I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on my free will. And of my own free will, I wore it. 
It is, it is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Or would you know, pursued the ghost, the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was full, as heavy and as long as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. If you didn't follow that, he's saying the chain he wears, the chain that he's burdened with is a chain that he fashioned and made and connected and bound himself up himself while he was on earth. By every time he withheld rather than gave, he put another link on the chain. And he's saying to Scrooge, you are doing the same thing. You carry the same chain and it had the same weight as mine seven years ago, but you've had seven more years to add to its weight with your trust and your security in what you accumulate around you. So Jesus is unmasking, much like Scrooge, we need to have this moment of revelation where he unmasks the false hope in what we accumulate. False hope and false security of what we accumulate. So what's, what's stirring in you as you hear this? I'm going to pause for a moment. As you hear um, God, Jesus say, so it is with the one who stores up treasure for themselves in heaven and yet is not rich towards God. Um, do you feel the need to, do you feel like it doesn't apply? Do you feel like um, if it does apply, if you're feeling a little angst and discomfort, that you need to explain it away or to justify it? Or is there anxiety rising up in you as you think about how you view money and how you're attached to it? Let's pay attention to the feelings and to the reactions and the responses that are happening right now, what's going through your mind. Because this, as we said, when the kingdom breaks through, we need to pay attention to the emotions and the responses, even physically or emotionally or psychologically that are happening. And God wants to meet us right here because he realizes, Jesus realizes right now, in our story and right now, that when we unmask the false hope and security of wealth and possessions, the things that we build up to feel safe and comfortable, when he unmasks those and unveils it to be false, that anxiety is going to rise up. Because where is my security? Where is my hope? Where is my sense of safety? If it's not that, then what is? How can I be safe in the world? And so that's when he starts to unravel our anxieties. Because at the core of our accumulation is anxiety and fear and lack of trust that we will be okay. And so Jesus then meets the crowd and meets us in our anxiety. And he tells yet another kind of another series of stories or asks us, uh, asks us to consider a couple things, right? He asks us to consider the lilies of the field. He asks us to consider the ravens. He asks us to consider, can you add even one hour to your life? And the answer is no. Then he says, well, why are you anxious? Why do you worry? Why are you striving to make yourself feel safe? Trust. And he, he ends by saying, 
that a father is pleased to give the kingdom to his children. What he's doing here is he's reorienting our, our, our understanding of where provision, protection, and flourishing come from. Right? Because we think it comes from our hard work and our accumulation and frugality and saving. But he's saying it actually comes from God. And the only secure source, the only origin of lasting provision and protection and flourishing and identity is from God. And so he's meeting our anxiety with the truth that God is our provider, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that God is the one who provides, and God is the one who cares, and God is the one who takes care of his creation and takes care of his people. And so we can trust in him. So he unmasks false security, unravels our anxiety, um, I, and this frees us to trust, to have faith. I'm sure you've heard of George Mueller. Anyone heard of George, George Mueller? Um, you've probably heard this in many sermons, but it's worth repeating, and if you haven't, welcome. George Mueller started a, uh, orphanages and um, over the pond, the other side of the ocean, and he, this was in the um, early 19th century, I believe, mid 19th century, and he decided, he felt convicted that he would not ask any person for money when he was in need, but he would only ask God. That he wouldn't take seriously that God said, uh, pray for your daily bread, give us this day our daily bread, and that God would provide for that. So he was a man of faith that stepped into that. So he started an orphanage with nothing and only asked God for what he needed and wouldn't let any other person know their needs. And so one day, 300 orphans woke up hungry and there was no food, there was no milk, and the house uh, mom, the house manager, uh, told George, she said, there's nothing for the kids. And he said, gather the kids to the table. And they sat down and he prayed, God, thank you for the food that you provided for us. Thank you that you care for us. Amen. Now the kids. Like, what are we thanking for? There's nothing, there's nothing here. And they wait. In a few minutes, a knock comes on the door. And uh, the baker in the town said, hey, I couldn't sleep last night. And I felt like God wanted me to like make you, you guys a bunch of bread. So here's a bunch of bread. And the bread comes. And then a couple minutes later, there's a knock on the door. And the milk person, the milk man, said, my cart broke down right in front of the orphanage. All this milk is going to spoil. Would you take it? And so there was 10 um, containers of milk, enough for all the kids to have. So God provided. So when we um, begin to see that God is our source, our, un the, our anxiety is, begins to unravel, and we can begin to see the true origin of our provision, our protection, and our flourishing. And that is from God. So, last, he is not only saying, hey, your true security is not in wealth. That causes anxiety. 
he unravels that anxiety, but then he realizes that we still need a place to put our money. We still need a place to invest for our security. We still need a deposit box. And so Jesus um, says, verse 32, I love this, because he's still, he's still acknowledging our fear, he's still acknowledging our, our anxiety, and he's meeting us right here. He says, fear not, little flock, little sheep, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to give you the kingdom. God loves you. God will care for you. God is generous. God is good. God is inclined to you with a posture of love. And then he says, here's the key to security. Here's where you want to make your investment. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags, bank accounts, 401ks, safety deposit boxes that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches or no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, Jesus is still offering true security. He's still offering security to meet our anxiety, but he's saying with the arrival of the kingdom, there's a new reality, and this security is not in what we can accumulate on earth, but what we can give away and deposit in heaven. So it's not in what we accumulate, but it's in what we give. And this runs counter, right, to what we're used to, because we think management of money, stewardship, all of the programs tell us, save, be frugal, invest. But Jesus says, no, give. Give. Deposit it in the needy. Deposit it to, to meet the needs of the world. And what that does is it moves us from being containers of God's blessing to conduits. We are, tend to be con containers. We get blessed and we receive the provision, our daily bread, but we want to pile it up. But John says, no, don't contain it. Be a conduit. Let it pass through. And here's the cool thing that when we let it pass through us and we let it flow to us and to those in need, it goes to those in need and to the heavenly bank account where neither moth nor rust can destroy, where no thief can break in and steal. That takes faith, right? I don't know about you. That's where the rubber meets the road. I mean, this isn't just about thinking about it and having warm fuzzies. But it's like, do I believe that Jesus Christ is real, that he rose from the dead, and that he's coming back, and he's going to make all wrong things right, and that what I invest in the needs of this world are going to be true, lasting security when all is said and done? Like, that takes some faith. And I have to confess, I don't always have that. Because that's like... That's where it is. I mean, now is now. I have my needs now. I have my anxieties now. I have my fear now. And so as I uh, learn to, to just repent and believe about this, to change my way of thinking about this, to change my, the orientation of my heart around this, I struggle. I'm inspired by a guy named John Wesley. John Wesley was one of the founders of Methodism. 
um, the Methodist Church back again in the 19th century. And he had this saying, and he lived by it. And I think this is a cool way to live, but it takes faith. He says, make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. See that? Make all you can, save all you can through simple living. Again, that's a reduction of lifestyle to maximize, then the third, generous, generosity. Make all you can. It's not wrong to make money. It's not wrong to be good at a craft and to have a good job and to have a good income, to let that, 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 that income flow in. But again, we're not to be a container. We're to be a conduit. So save all you can for what purpose? To let it pass through so you can give all you can. And so he set his income at 14 pounds a year. I have no idea what that is in today's money, but 14 pounds. But he made uh, over 1,400 pounds. All right. And he gave 98% of that away by the end of his life. He died with two candlesticks. And I feel like I heard a story where he kind of like was bummed that he had two candlesticks on his deathbed. But he was fine. He had everything he needed, right? He had, he had enough. And that's the question. Are we content with enough in order to provide enough for others and to have our security, our true security in heaven? Jesus is unmasking the false security of our money. And he's unraveling our anxieties. And he is showing us the lasting security that comes from fearless generosity. I find myself um, wanting to be a container every time my income kind of increases or my business kind of goes up a bit, I get more money. My first inclination is not like to tithe more or to find where I can give it, release it, but it's more like, what can I do with this? What can I keep? And I'm finding God challenging me on that. That the question is, how is this to be intent? And how do you intend, God, to use this for the unleashing of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? So what about you? What is the Holy Spirit stirring in you? Um, how is God inviting you into this kingdom way of life? Look, this isn't about, this isn't a bummer, okay? This is the way of, this is the way of life. This is the way of true security. This is the way of true joy. God comes to give us life that we might have it abundantly. And it's not wrong to have, but our, our framework, again, not containers, but kind of conduits of God's blessing. So I think we want to take this seriously and let it hit us. How is God inviting you into a kingdom way of life? Let me ask you, where are you depending? Where do you find yourself depending on that false security of possessions and wealth and savings? Where are you believing that life consists in the abundance of possessions? Of what you can accumulate and have? Where do you need to hear the kind, gracious invitation of King Jesus into his kingdom where he says, Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide for yourselves. It's not bad to provide for yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys.
Where is God unraveling your anxieties? Where is he inviting you to be a conduit of his gracious provision to others? We're going to close. Um, we're going to sing a, one more song. And then we're going to respond with this uh, with response together. And I want to give you, as always, can you put that up there? It's called a prayer of response, a liturgical response down there. And we will uh, end up saying this together. But uh, as we sing, just want you to allow um, this. We're creating space for the Holy Spirit to uh, move. And it's going to move in different ways and call you into different um, responses. But God, we're going to confess first, because I think we can all confess at some level, our readiness to trust in the false security of money and possessions. And we're going to then ask God to unravel my anxieties that fear that arouses, and help me to trust you by participating in the lasting security of fearless generosity toward who, or toward, or where? Where is God inviting you to invest in his kingdom? And so allow God um, to speak to you and be ready to respond. So let me pray, and we'll... Um, Lord, we thank you, God, that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. That you are the God who loves us. You are the God who looks like Jesus. You are the God who gave himself completely. You did not think equality with God a thing to be held onto, but gave himself all the way to the point of death, even death on the cross. And that is the way to true life. And Lord, we pray that we would receive that grace and that provision and that protection from you and that we would respond by allowing that blessing to flow through us, God, as we enjoy your good gifts. In Jesus' name, amen.